All right. It is Sunday morning. It is 9.03, and we are live on our Facebook group here. Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we got uh, a full week of NFL games ahead of us. We got three weeks in the past, and we got lots more to go. So week four, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready as ever. Awesome, man. Well, we'll go ahead and get right into game one. Uh, one o'clock, the Ravens look to rebound against the Washington football team. Ravens sitting at two and one. Washington sitting at one and two. What do you got, man? <clears throat> the Ravens, I mean, their they're kryptonite, as Lamar Jackson put it, is the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm, I'm not going to hold that against them when I'm when I'm looking at the Ravens playing against other teams. Uh, this isn't really an away game. Washington and Baltimore live right down the street from each other. So it's not even, you know, everyone's slept in their own bed. Everyone's comfortable. And I know the Ravens are ready to make a statement after that, that beating they took last week against the Chiefs. Washington just doesn't have the players. They don't have the, the coaching. They don't have enough for the Ravens. This, this will probably be a, a big, big blowout win. Um, if any of you guys are in Pickham's leagues, <clears throat> the survivals, and you have not used the Ravens yet, this would be a uh, good week to use them. 31-7 to Ravens. Honestly, I could see it. Like, that's about the scoreline I have. I, I think this is a game where it's over early and the Ravens don't let off the gas. <clears throat> After last week, if they get up by 20-21, they're still going to keep their starters in, just keep running it. Yeah, Jordan, you got five scores there. I'm going to go a tad higher. I'm in, I'm in the 38 range. I, I think 38 to 7, 38 to 10, I think that's probably more in line. I, I just think that I think the Ravens are going to score a lot. And to say they're only going to get four touchdowns, I think is a little little low on this game, just in my opinion. I think uh, I think Ravens cover big. I don't know what the spread is, but if it's over 10, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, yeah, I mean, Ben, how are you, sir? Thanks for joining. Uh, yeah, I just think the Ravens, I think the Ravens easily walk through this game. There's not, a, there's not a whole lot to go in on. I do think that, you know, a, a J.K. Dobbins or a Gus Edwards this week might not be a bad fantasy start, especially with, with gosh, what do we got? Four games potentially postponed already. Four teams. But, you know, on postponement this week. So if you're a little thin, you know, let's say you have a, a Derrick Henry who is not going to play this week or you have a, a James Conner or uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or, you know, any number of New England backs, a Gus Edwards or a J.K. Dobbins at a plug-in this week in fantasy is probably a great move. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to be just straight up that Washington isn't a football team. Oh, well, their team name, but um, if we're looking at matchups, though, the strongest part of this Washington team is their front. front seven. Yeah. So if Chase Young, I will see how he looks off that groin injury. I believe he's, he's expected he's, to he's, play. I heard he was out. Really? I heard he was out. I can. Well, I mean, I can be that, wrong here, but yeah, that, yeah well, I did hear out. Even if he's out, they still have a good front seven, but. Obviously, the Ravens are a run-first football team. Um, I really think this will be a statement game for the Ravens' defense. I think they're a good play in fantasy this week. Um, they're they're the group really getting laughed at after letting up 34 points to the Chiefs. So, 
if you have the Ravens defense, I'd start them. And even if you have Terry McLaurin, I would kind of stay away from any Washington player in fantasy this week. Yeah, Terry McLaurin is, uh, he was listed as questionable, but he is expected to play. That's per Scheffler. But players listed out on Sunday, Chase Young is on that list. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not looking good for Washington. It, it's list. it's not. You know, they're like you said, their front seven is the strength of this team, but the Ravens are just so dominant up front that that's, I mean, that's really where it's going to come down to. Moving right along here to the second game, I got my TV12 Buccaneers jersey on. If you guys see it here, that uh, co-host Brad got me this year. So the one and two Chargers are at the two and one Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's expected to have fans in the stands. It, it won't be a lot, but it'll be something. But uh, we talked about this at the beginning of the year on our, gosh, our AFC West breakdown, I think it was. Yeah. And we did an AFC, AFC South or NFC South breakdown. So both of these, we would have touched on this game at some point. And the Chargers pose an interesting matchup here. I do believe that Chris Godwin is he's one not playing. He's a once again going to be out. Yeah, he's out again. So, and Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette. Thank you. Yeah, Leonard Fournette is also out. So the Buccaneers are a little limited offensively. Uh, they're going to look for another big game from Gronk. Obviously, coming off six catches is, is a start from him. They're going to look for a big game from him. Mike Evans will obviously be a factor. Scotty Miller's also listed as questionable. He has a groin injury. So the, the Buccaneers are beat up right now. If there's a if there's a receiver, if you're a Bucks fan, you know of a receiver that's down the depth chart. Maybe he might be a play in a FanDuel league this week or something. But what uh, what do you think from this matchup, Brad? It's it's a it's a interesting matchup because if, if Godwin's healthy, you like to say that the Buccaneers' offense and the Chargers' defense would be a really good matchup. But with the Buccaneers losing Chris Godwin, the the Chargers' defense poses an interesting matchup because. They have so many good corners. They can now use one on a tight end if they want to. I, I favor the, the the Chargers cornerbacks in this matchup. But Ronald Jones Jr., you know, everyone's saying it's Fournette's job. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can yeah. answer that call to, to win his starting spot back if he hasn't lost it already. But it's on the other side of the ball. Justin Herbert's been well. Although the team hasn't maybe scored as many points as they want or they're not, you know, he's not turning the ball over a ton. And he's facing a secondary that's a little suspect in the Buccaneers. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball, but look for Justin Herbert to have a lot of passing yards and dink and dunks. Um, I think Justin Herbert's actually a good play against this Buccaneers really good defense. But when it comes down to, to good matchups, you take the better quarterback. I'd ha- I, I'm going to give the edge to the Bucs here with Tom Brady, but this should be a better game than expected, I think. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, just with how scheduling has mat- with how scheduling has mat- matched up this year, I have not caught but a first quarter of the Buccaneers, and that was Week One. I got to watch Brady versus the Saints Week One. Other than that, I've just kind of been tied up with things, and you know, it's hard to convince the wife to watch you know eight hours of football in a row. <laughs> but I will say this, Matt and Brian, thanks for joining the pod. Jordan 28-24 Tampa Bay. That's where I'm at, Jordan. I think it's even low, lower scoring than that, though. I, I know you're trying to give Brady his, his props here, but man, this is a bad matchup for Tampa Bay, but it's not exactly the best matchup for Herbert either. I mean, like you've been preaching for weeks, Brad, that this Tampa Bay defense is loaded. It is. Oh, gosh, I, I'm in the 
I'm in the squeak out. I'm I'm like 2014, 2017. <clears throat> I think there's I th- just I think be a is, lot of field goals. Yeah, I think this is a clutch Brady drive at the end to win. Honestly, that's just that's where I'm at. I this is a. I think this might be the first game of the season where you're like, okay, Brady still has, he's still clutch. I mean, I just we've been on this Charger defense. They haven't exactly showed up every single time. They've been decimated by turnovers. Uh, Tampa Bay the last two weeks that really hasn't been so much of an issue. I like Tampa Bay to win, but it's going to be close. It's going to be a really close one. If Tampa Bay comes out and just annihilates the Chargers. League's in trouble. League's in trouble because this team's figuring it out. That's where we're at. Jeff Halbert, thanks for joining the pod, man. Uh, yeah, that's just that's where I'm at. Yeah, so. I, I like um, I, th- I think a 2024 kind of game. I, I think it will be okay. in the 20s. And I, because no matter how good your defense is, it's really hard to keep a team under 20. Like we said, yeah. yeah, like we yeah. said, if if your defense holds a team to twenty one or less, you should you be winning win. that football game. So twenty four, twenty or twenty eight, twenty four. I just I don't think Tampa will only score touchdowns. I think this defense is good enough to force some field goals. So that's the only reason I don't like that score. But you're in the ballpark. What's up, Jeff Halbert? How you doing? Moving right along, I got an upset alert on this game. Really? I'm not I'm not predicting the Dolphins win, but it's an upset alert. Uh, this is this is a game where okay, first off, let me the three and Seahawks are traveling at Miami. Miami's one and two. This game poses a very interesting matchup here. Once or twice a year, Fitz Magic does these things where we call him Fitz Magic, where he throws for an ass load of yards, a few touchdowns, and they're able to pull off this this magical win. This might be that game because Seattle's secondary just has been so suspect. And if Miami's able to stay with them, they have a, they have a chance. And, you know, Seattle, they've been dominant offensively. Miami's got a pretty solid defense. You know, they held New England week one to only 21 points. I mean, uh, I think they've also played the Jets and they played the Jaguars and they dominated the Jaguars. They played the Bills, too, 28-31. Okay, so they gave up 31 to the Bills, but they dominated the Jaguars' offense. I'm just saying this defense is better than people give it credit for. I think I, I have this one really close. I think the Dolphins shocked me. <clears throat> I, yeah, I, Jordan, I, I'm, 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 I'm with you, man. I like what Fitzpatrick did last week, too. Go ahead. So we have one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks of all time versus one of the most consistent quarterbacks of all time. I don't want to predict a blowout, but the Seahawks are going to be 4-0 after this game. I, I don't think they're going to run away with it, but through three weeks, it would just be crazy to, to not think Russell Wilson's going to win a football game. I just, like I said, I, I know the, the Seahawks give up quite a few yards through the air, but they also have a few guys who are really good playmakers who make sudden plays. Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams being the two you got the Griffin brothers who've played well, one at corner. Who's he's been playing Weller? I believe that's Weller. He's been playing Weller. He's been playing better, <laughs> um, but I believe that's Shaq Griffin out there. So I just think isn't Byron Jones out again? He was out last week as well. One of their two corners. Uh, he, he might be out. Yeah. I just everyone wants to give credit to the Dolphins defense, and they're a much improved team. But I, I just I don't think they have enough consistency out of the quarterback. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball on the Seahawks team. Um, he was, Jeff, he was demoted to the practice squad 
and then he was brought back up. I think it was after Bruce Irvin went out for the year. They brought him back. He played last game. The uh the one with one arm. Um Shaquem Griffin, yeah. I believe his name. Yeah. So um yeah, he played last game. Uh I, I just think Russell Wilson's way too much. Um I think we're still not giving Tyler Lockett the props he deserves. DK Metcalf, you know, even with the the bonehead play last game to not score that touchdown, he's he's a he's a real threat. Um I just think the Dolphins are a little bit outmanned here and it's just Russell Wilson. This game could be closer but I got the Seahawks by by about 10 points, like 20, I want to, 8 to 10 points somewhere in there. I want to note a couple of things. So uh, on the list of players that are out on Sunday, Jamal Adams is one of them. Oh, he's uh, out. What happened? He's, he's out. Uh, I don't have the injury in front of me. But as far as Seattle running back, Chris Carson listed as questionable for Sunday with an ankle injury is expected to play. Carlos Hyde also listed as questionable with a soldier injury. He'll be game time decision. So Seattle is beat up. And we've already listed on this pod, and we're going to stick to that. I mean, we have a couple of golden rules on this pod. 1 p.m. Eastern starts don't matter to Russell Wilson. So that's one of our golden rules. Okay. And we're going to stick to that. So we're not going to, we're not going to include that. This just seems like a trap game. This is a game that everybody's got circled. You know, Seattle's winning this. Seattle seems beat up. Miami isn't nearly as beat up. And gosh, I just, what everybody's <laughs> been able to do to the CL secondary, everybody's been able to do it. Why wouldn't Fitzpatrick be able to do it? Devontae Parker seems like he's going to be a matchup nightmare today. I guess the way I kind of see it is Fitz, Fitzpatrick's just too inconsistent for me to have confidence in the Dolphins. As much as I could see the game where Fitzpatrick comes out, three touchdowns, 400 yards, you know, those Fitz magic games. Yeah. I could see another one where it's like he really had one touchdown, two interceptions, and 120 yards against the decimated Seahawks secondary. Now with no Jamal Adams, could we see two next week? Like I don't, I don't know if it'll be that bad of a performance. I'm just saying you, you truly never know what you're gonna get out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And I know I'm getting about twenty, at least twenty eight points out of Russell Wilson. Chris Carson questionable. It seems like every week because he's resting that ankle up. Yeah. Um, they don't really rely on the running game as much anymore. A lot of it's even just screen dink and dunks, and Russell Wilson accounts for a lot of their running game. So. I can see where you're saying trap game cross country. Little you can't get any farther than the two stadiums of the Seahawks and the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, hey, it's just it's rough. Yeah. But rough cook, I believe, is what the, the motto is now. Austin Vroman, thanks for joining the pod. I don't know you. Maybe Brad does. Brad, do you know? What's up? The slim oh, okay. reefers in here. Let's All right. go. Uh moving right along. We we talked quite a bit about that game. I'm telling you guys, if you're listening, it's trap game. Just be careful. Uh, the 0-3 Vikings and the 0-3 Texans. This game has Slobberknocker written all over it. I think these teams are very equal in what they're wanting to do. I think these teams are very equal in what they've succeeded in this year. This is a very equal type game. You know, I've predicted all these games to be really close except for the Ravens game. I think this is another close game. I I just... I don't even know who to pick. What's up, James? My, you know, my my educated guess says Vikings here. Better coach. I that's just that's where I'm at. Like better running game. I 
17-16 Houston. It's not going to be that, that low scoring. This no. going to have defense. Neither of them. And, you know, the, the Vikings have always been a defensive team. Not this year. They're giving I, up 30 to everyone. I think he meant 17 to 16 touchdowns in Houston. What's going to be <laughs> I, yeah, I see where he got left out of there. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan you're, cl- you're closer there, bud. We're, we're fixing if, your stuff. If you end up being right on this score. Dude, no, we're quitting the pod. Pod's over. Did, <laughs> Retiring I, it. This game's – I haven't seen either of these teams play defense yet. Um, But, honestly, at, at this point, I like the Vikings roster over the Texans. Yeah, but Deshaun Watson has played really well. And again, the Texans have really had no shot in their first two games, not even their third game, really. They just seemed like the rosters were too powerful of them. You know, we've talked about it a ton of times. Chiefs, yeah. Ravens, Steelers. They just didn't have what it takes. But Deshaun Watson, I mean, I got to watch him for a full 60 minutes against the Steelers. And although he didn't play well in the, the second half, I don't think that was totally on him. I mean... The Steelers blitzed 64% of the time, and he was running for his life. And quite honestly, at times he was picking us apart, especially in that first half. It seemed like Deshaun Watson could almost do whatever he wanted, which is frustrating as a Steelers fan watching that. But I don't know. Kirk Cousins against this week's secondary, I believe, can put up some numbers. If you're a FanDuel or a DraftKings or you have guys from these teams, especially with the emergence of Justin Jefferson last week, I think this is going to be fantasy points everywhere. I could see this game being another one of those games we've seen this year where it's 35-30 or a 32-28, like some weird numbers. I, I think there's going to be a lot of points between, obviously, touchdowns or field goals, but this has to be two of the worst secondaries in the league playing against each other. And then you have Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson. I, I just think there's going to be a ton of passing yards in this game. No, I actually 100% agree that – this game's got fireworks written all over it. I just, you know, Watson's been not the problem, as we know. We, you know, he's not going to be the problem. But this team's just undermanned. And, you know, as bad as Cousins has played, he played pretty well last week. And I, Cook was fantastic. I don't know. I'm I'm taking the Vikings here. I just, I don't know. I can't get over the fact that I just think that they're better. And I maybe they're not. You know, there's a good chance they're just not, and I can't let that go. But we picked at the beginning of this year that the Texans would start one and four, I think it was. And this we was have, this yeah, was not one of those wins. One and six. Yeah, one and yeah. We I think they we picked at them beating Jacksonville. And at this point, that's not a given. Right. That is not a given. I, I think it's next think week they play Jacksonville. Game, they're not as outmanned here. I think what happens here is if the Texans win, we really say, oh, wow, their first three games were really hard. They can still win games. <clears throat> and the Vikings are 0-4 at that point. I mean, what happened? Do they fire their coach? Do, no. I mean, no, oh, they just okay. extended it. They can't. They can't fire Zimmer. So, this isn't... They... Okay. This so is a quarterback that... issue. They could trade the quarterback. This is a defensive issue. They let go of all their pieces for whatever reason, cap space. or I'm not a Vikings fan, so I can't go in on their, their defensive pieces. But they lost a ton. Xavier yeah. Rhodes has picked six in dudes last week. I think he picked six Darnold for the Colts. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, they've lost all of them. They've lost a lot. They are very decimated as far as losses from last year to this year. You flip it. What if the 0-3 Vikings come into Houston and beat the Texans like we predicted before the season? 
Yeah. Is it time for Bill O'Brien to be gone? Yes. I I just think their schedule is not going to get a lot easier because they play the Vikings. Then they play the Jaguars, who's not a guaranteed win. Then they play the Titans, and then they play the Packers. Then they go into their bye. That we is... had them one. In, we had them one and six going into the bye, and now the Jaguars are at least playing offense better than I believe anybody anticipated, and the Texans' defense isn't doing very well. So, this is a this is an interesting game because the loser of this game definitely has no chance to make the playoffs. The Texans are in a weaker division, but the Vikings having the three and Bears and three and Packers, they cannot afford to lose this game. They're playing for more. And I wonder if that pressure can affect Kirk Cousins in a negative way because he hasn't shown the ability to play well under pressure. Yeah. And everybody walking around that building knows this is a must win or the season's over. I wonder if we could see some errant throws or Kirk Cousins maybe trying to do too much. But the Vikings have the better roster. Texans have the better quarterback. This should be a good game. Now, I know we've been talking about that for a while. Hi, Annie. Um, we've been talking about that for a while, Jordan. And David Johnson hasn't really done that bad. I mean, he's actually been a good piece for the Texans. I agree. But DeAndre Hopkins looks unquestioned as the best receiver in the NFL through three weeks. Um, Devontae Adams and Julio, obviously, but with injuries, Devontae's a machine, or DeAndre's a machine out there. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they did that. Bill O'Brien has never shown me that he's good at coaching or being a GM, but. I don't know. I'm just a boy from Ohio. What do I know? Yeah, Bill Bryant is a train wreck. And, you know, this, as you noted, there's a lot of things that come out of this game. And I don't think any of them are good for either of these teams, honestly. Because even if the Vikings get a W here, let's play hypotheticals here. Let's say the Vikings win. You beat an 0-4 Texans team. I mean, it's just, there's not a whole lot of hope going into that, you know, leaving that game. Like, oh, we're back to being good. You mean you beat an Owenless team. You know, the Texans beat the Vikings. The Vikings moved to 0-4, and, and the Vikings haven't looked good in any of their games outside of their shootout last week. It's like, man, maybe maybe we beat a bad team. You know, there's there's a lot to be had here. I, I like the Vikings' chances to rebound with a win, if they can. You, you obviously have Detroit, and you have Chicago, who, I mean, Chicago's sitting at 3-0, but it's still Chicago. They have their limitations. If, if we're being if we're being fair, I don't know. I'm going. I'm going coach here. I'm going coach and running game. Vikings pick up the W. Don't even know how much. Could be a lot. Who knows? Yeah, I think at the end of this game, you can just look at uh, the running game, the Del- Delvin Cook numbers for the Vikings, and be able to tell if they won or lost. If Delvin Cook has a big day, I don't believe there's a way that the Vikings could lose this game. But if he doesn't have a big day and they're forced to throw the ball and use Kirk Cousins. I'll take the Sean Watson in a, in a shootout. So this will yeah. be a fun game to keep your eye on. If you're one of the four teams that ended up not playing this week, Texans, Vikings, and Buccaneers, Chargers are two good games to keep your eye on on the one o'clock window for sure. Yeah. Moving right along here, we got the one and two Saints traveling to Detroit at one and two. There was a potential COVID situation for this game that has essentially been nixed. They're good to go. They're going to play. I have this one on upset alert, and I'm picking the Lions to win this game. Drew Brees starting the season off with four straight domes. Usually you would pick him to be 4-0 and if that was the case. He's 1-2. and I think he drops to 1-3. and I like the Lions a little bit more in this game. 
as far as having Kenny Galladay back and other situations like that, Mike Thomas seems to be a big issue. I'm going Lions. You know, I, I'd i like to just bring something up maybe from a different perspective if you guys haven't thought about it as much. But it's possible that the Lions aren't the underdog in this game. Um, if, if you're asking me, I think that the Lions have played better in all their games. They've been closer. And quite honestly, the Saints haven't looked good. They've looked terrible without Michael Thomas. So I also have the Lions, Jeff, I think, winning this game. And what I was just talking to the, the audience, Jordan Hall has the Lions. What I was talking to, to everybody listening is, you said you have this on upset alert and you have the Lions winning. Am I correct? Yeah. I'm not so sure the Lions are the underdogs. They're at home and they've looked better in all three of their games. Yeah. At that point, the Saints have only beat a Buccaneers team who is their first game. The Saints had everything to play for. This is our division. You're not just going to come in here and do this. We're still the old Saints team. They lose Michael Thomas and they look like they have no answers. Heaven forbid a team take away Elvin Kamara, then what are they going to do? I just, the Lions got Kenny yeah. Galladay back and he was on like a snap count last game. And he had almost, I think he might have even had 100 yards with a touchdown. Marvin Jones Jr. plays well. TJ Hawkinson, I had him as one of my emerging players from last year. He's been playing well at tight end. Jeff Okuda had a pick. I mean, they picked off Kyler Murray three times last game, and now they got a quarterback. They know where he's going to be. That helps the pass rush. And the Saints defense has underachieved from the very first game on. I mean, they did have one pick six, but if they don't have that pick six, they probably lose that game. If, If we're being fair, everyone who watched it. You know, I'm not going to take that away from them, though. They, they did earn it. Uh, Brian, I believe he's still questionable, but if he plays, he's still hampered by the ankle. He won't be 100%, but I don't even think he's playing, is he? He's listed as out. Yeah, so so there you go. Jordan is it, too. So without Michael Thomas, I don't, know how, I don't know how you couldn't favor the Lions. I mean, if you want to be fair, okay, Michael Thomas is out. Alvin Kamara is fifth in the league in receiving yards. Just to be just to be clear, real quick, Jared Cook, also a Saint, out. Yeah. So okay. Mar- Marshawn Lattimore, best corner for the Saints, out. Lot of in- three massive injuries. The only other injury you could suffer at this way, whether it be a blow, would be a Kamara or a Drew Brees. Those yeah. are literally their three of their five best players. You look at Kamara. Cameron Jordan. Yeah, you look at Kamara, who's fifth in the league. In receiving yards, but he's lining up at running back. There's no threat of a run on this team. I mean, he ran 12, what was it, 12 times last game, and he ran for like 60 yards, was it, or something like that? They had less than 100 yards in the ground. Yeah. And Drew Brees isn't just throwing 400 yards. Like, they don't they don't look like purposeful 400 yards. Like, he gets a couple first downs, but they punt a lot. Like, I, I just don't like the Saints. And this is one of those teams where it's like, it's kind of like recency biased, and it's like, oh, the Saints. They're a top team the last three years. They're just going to keep going. Eventually, that's got to come to an end, and it looks like it's this year. And especially locally with a lot of Lions fans around here, you've got to be excited for this game, like a chance to where you thought, you know, you'd have a probably a 3-0 and Saints team walking in, you know, just lighting up the scoreboard. When now you've got all the injuries. Their offense isn't playing well. Detroit actually played really well. They were up by 14 at one point on the Packers. They just beat the Cardinals and suffocated that offense, quite honestly. 
Kenny Galladay's back. You've guys got a three-headed monster running back. Maybe we need to pick one starter there, but they're still they still got three capable running backs against the Bears. You're a rookie's drop touchdown away from winning. I mean, the Lions have been there all year. They just gotta finish games. If they win against the Saints, that's a lot of momentum. And the NFC North, maybe we start talking about them as the most difficult division. If the Vikings and Lions can both win this week. Yeah, Matt, thanks for joining. Uh, you know, I'm gonna peep him real quick. He he called out the Lions last week to beat the the Arizona Cardinals, and I think we were kind of like, "What? Are you serious?" And he called it out, and it happened. I mean. Kenny Galladay coming back is is good news for the Lions, and it's not good news that the Saints' best defender for Kenny Galladay is going to be out. Wow, so, Brian. Okay. Hot take. Going the grain here. You, you know, here's the thing, Brian, to, to, for what you're saying here. The Saints could – oh, it looks like you're a little biased. You're a Bears fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to call you out there. You're a little biased. But – it would shock nobody if the Saints put it down the lines. Are right? Agreed? I, no. I wouldn't be shocked. I would. Yeah. Oh, you I would be. Yes. The Saints are not who they were the last three years. I agree. They're just I agree. not. So if the Saints came out and just beat the brakes off the Lions, that's not who they've been this year. Yeah. That would be shocking, especially with the injuries you just said. Their best receiver, their best tight end, and their best corner, all yeah. gone. Yeah. And the Lions are a relatively healthy team. And I know they're a little bit suspect, but like I said, they picked off Kyler Murray three times. Uh, this defense isn't as bad. And let's start giving it to Matt Patricia. I mean, he is a defensive coach. Nah. And, uh, no, <laughs> maybe he's not a great head yeah. coach, but I, I just, I don't know. I, the Lions, have they should have won their first game. They had a 14-point lead on the Packers. And then they won their third game against the 2-0 Cardinals. I, the Lions have played better than the Saints have this year. And yeah. with all those injuries, you're telling me right now, just, just say, it, say it to yourself. You wake up, and it's 35-17, to 17, the Saints win. Yeah. That would be shocking. The no, Saints not, not for me. See, I think that would just be – No, because it's only because – there's two factors here. A, the Saints history. B, the Detroit Lions. Okay, I mean, but again, I'm, I'm, yeah, okay, yeah. I that's mean, that's the only reason. That's the only reason. I guess and, I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints won, but by 14 plus points. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I, so, I think Stafford is still a really good quarterback. Yeah, Brian, I'm not gonna let you get away with this, man. You're a Bears fan. You would kill for Stafford. You would trade your farm for Stafford. You would. You'd rather I think you'd rather Stafford than Nick Foles. Absolutely. Yes. Not. It's not even. It's not even a question. Absolutely. I mean, Stafford has been issues. Sure. Yeah, he, he has, he has early in his career and now later in his career, there become injury issues. He hasn't always had them, but um, yeah, I don't think that go ahead. What to, to be fair, two things. One, I appreciate you being so active, Brian. This is what makes this fun here. Yeah. Let's know the different side. Cause clearly we are both disagreeing, but at the same time, I don't want to discredit the fact that maybe, you know, this guy is a bears fan. And he watches the Lions more than other people do. So maybe I'm looking at numbers and I'm seeing like some close scores. And maybe Stafford doesn't have. Maybe it's been Calvin Johnson created his career. I don't want to discredit that because like I feel like like when you were saying before the season, like stuff about the Bengals winning, you said like seven games, I think maybe. And I brought you back down to four. 
and that was it. Because I've seen the Bengals up front. There is no quarterback that could win with that offensive line and defense. So maybe he's watched the Lions more than I have, and maybe there's some Lions fans in here that, you know, speak up if you are. But maybe it is Stafford. Maybe if they get a new quarterback, maybe they win. <laughs> and Austin Volleyball player. Okay, here we go. But, oh boy. yeah, I, oh I'm boy. just saying, th- this is a game where I truly think that, uh, I don't know, I, this, this is the game. I don't think the Dolphins-Seahawks is the game that could go either way as much as this one. I think this is going to be super unpredictable. But I, I like the Lions here. But keep going, though. You're saying on the Saints, two, two touchdowns. Look yeah, like you, I, you wouldn't be shocked. I like the Lions as well. We're going to move on. We spent a lot of time on that game, too. We got the 2-1 and one Browns traveling to Jerry World to go against the Dallas Cowboys at 1-2. and two. Chris, thanks for joining us here on the pod. You know, I uh, this one's got fireworks written all over it, too, man. We got a lot of really good games here. Not a lot of great teams, like 3-0 and o matchups, but just great matchups. Like, th- Tell me this isn't a great matchup. Baker Mayfield going back to Jerry World. Got lots to prove. He's been talking his trash this week. I don't know. I uh, I think the Cowboys blow him up, but I think it's close. Only I, okay. Let me say this. I think they blow him up, but the Browns still score a good amount. Let's go. Let's say Cowboys drop a forty burger. I'm going forty-one thirty. I do think the Cowboys score above 30, and I think they could reach 40. Um, I think the Browns' defense is really weak, and the Cowboys are going to keep scoring. The Browns are going to have to move away from their running game, which is not what they want to do. And we're going to see it. It all comes down to Baker at the end of the day, and I know that's kind of a cop-out talking about the quarterback, but – Baker, let's not forget, he does have Jarvis Landry and OBJ against this week's secondary. This could be the game where, you know, maybe the Browns do win and Baker has a, you know, 29 for, for 38, you know, three, four touchdown game. But I I just saw a statistic on my TV that the Cowboy, Cowboys have won. They haven't lost to the Browns since 1994. They lost it, to the they only play every four years. Yeah, and uh, they beat them every four years. <laughs> so this, I um, mean, to be fair, the Browns haven't been this good in four years, even in eight years, probably, or even in yeah, twelve. Th- that's fair. Or even and, sixteen, or even twenty, or even twenty-four years. I mean, literally, think of like the last four. I mean, honestly, the Browns have been. They got relatively good. They had a good season in two thousand seven. They've been good the last two, maybe three and two and a half years, as far as like roster i'm not saying record because the record has never shown it really this is the first time matter of fact listen to this this is the first time the browns were over 500 in like <laughs> it's been something crazy yeah it's, it's, i think it was since 2007 yeah wow matt matt with uh, another call he made a, a fantastic call last week saying the lions would upset the arizona carlos he's got the browns winning 34 32 and he's not a brown you know she's not homer in here if the browns- that's an interesting call I think a lot of this might come down to who wins the freaking coin toss. Whoever gets the ball first. He's going 34-31. Now he's changing it. I, I guess here's my question, you guys. You guys are listening to this, and you guys are Browns fans. You guys are Cowboys fans. I think that's a, a good amount of this of this podcast viewership. But uh, do the Browns do it on the ground? 
Because if they do, I'm gonna first off, I'm gonna have a great fantasy day. So okay, that matters. Second thing is, if they do it on the ground, I think they win this game. But I I don't think they do. I think they abandon it. And who's let's let's ask this question, Brad. I think this is a great question to ask. If this game abandons the ground game, both sides, Cowboys, they like to run the ball. Browns, they like to run the ball. If both teams abandon the ground game, who wins this game? Cowboys. All day. 100%. Try arguing it. You can't. I mean, Baker's never proved that he can throw 27 passes and win a game. So, it's just, it doesn't happen. I, I think this game, I think this game abandons the ground game quick. You could argue that the, the Cowboys have the number one receiver in Amari. I'd say the Browns have two and three. I mean, we're still living off OBJ's ghost in New York, like from four years ago. Dude, if OBJ and Jarvis Landry right now were to trade teams to the Cowboys. Here we go. But they're no, not. Stop. Oh, goodness. See, this is what happens when we disagree on this pod. I can't let you get away with oh. this. I can't let you get away with this. OBJ had one of the best catches in history, the three-handed grab on Sunday night. He followed up with a good season and then has been hurt and underperformed the rest of the way. I mean, he's sweet on YouTube or little videos, but, like, (laughs) when's the last time you've seen OBJ take over a game? 2017? He took over the the game the other night. They played on Thursday night against the Bengals. He took that game over. He had a great great game. And four catches. Yeah, but he also had a holding penalty. No, he actually didn't. There was a no call on that. Um, they, no, come on. He had a big game, 100 yards, touchdown. I don't think it's disrespectful to say Amari Cooper is better than OBJ. Yeah, you know, Jen, I would be to- totally cool if Dak had another 400-plus yard game, four TDs. I have him on one of my fantasy teams, too, and it's that's, my, that's my pi- paid league. So that's Zeke has been on the Cowboys. I think I saw that they're like 38-15. and 15. When he gets the ball 15 times. When he runs 15 times or more, they're like 38 and 15. Yeah, but he gets it with like 20 or so times. It's like They're like unbeatable. But, but what I'm saying is like abandon the run game. They only have to run it like 17 times. <laughs> they don't have to like abuse the run game. It, like, thank, I, Man, I don't want to go. Kyle, Kyle blast an OBJ here. <laughs> thank you for agreeing with me. Second, Stop. I don't think he's 7A's bad, okay? <laughs> OBJ's still a good wide receiver. Oh, gosh. But, but Kyle, I think Kyle is acknowledging the question I asked. When's the last time a team has won a game and you were like, it was because they just couldn't stop OBJ? DeAndre has those games. Julio, Michael Thomas. Even Amari Cooper has had games for the Cowboys where it's like, just in recency, they were 13-3. and three rookie year then they were bad they got amari cooper cowboys were immediately a much better offense now i'm not saying he's he's top five or whatnot we're not going to get in the wide receiver list but i don't even if i'm saying amari cooper is better than obj which is the same i was making it doesn't mean obj is not the seventh best wide receiver eighth best wide receiver in the league that's nothing to like throw shade at i still think that they have a good team. But back to your question. If they if neither team runs the ball, which is dumb, very possible. That's very no, possible that happen. Absolutely. I just uh he he hasn't, Kyle. And I think that might be because he's in a run first offense and he doesn't get the looks. 
But when he does get the looks, he's got to make plays. And I, I just don't see him filling up the stat sheet very much. But anyway, Cowboys. I, I think the Cowboys have more ways to win than the Browns in this game. Browns have to get the lead, abuse the running game. I believe the Cowboys can do it a multitude of ways. And I think I really, truly think this game's so close in how they play, the rosters, the makeup, the different things they want to do. I, and this might be cliche, but I think the turnover line decides this game. I think it's going to be that close. Whichever team is going to take care of the football because each team is going to be able to score. It's all about which team is going to take it away. I agree. Moving right along here, the one and two Jaguars with Gardner Minshew travel to Cincinnati, 0-2-1 Bengals. We both agree here. Bengals Bengals getting that dub. No, we agree. Yeah, I didn't know if we would agree. Okay. Yeah, Bengals getting the dub here. I uh I like this one to be high scoring as well. I think Gardner, he has been he's been great this year. He's done he's done fantastic. He did struggle against Miami, but outside of that he's played great. And Joe Burrow has been tremendous against I mean, really everybody. Yeah, he hasn't come out with W's, but they're getting a W here. I don't Joe Burrow isn't sleeping after that Philly that Philly tie, man. He wants a win, and I, I give him this one. Also, for those of you wrong, Matt, <laughs> you're bad. Um, just to put it, uh, if you guys didn't listen oh, to the gosh. podcast, I want to say it here again. Robbie Edwards gave me this glorious statistic, this little nugget that might make you smile. The last three first overall picks are Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. They have all tied in the NFL before they got a win. Baker Mayfield tied the <clears throat> the Steelers week one. Kyler Murray tied the Lions. And now Joe Burrow tied the Eagles. I think that is absolutely insane. That the last three worst overall picks, I could sack Burrow against that O-line. Matt, I, I 100% agree. Like me, you, and Jeff – Let's say Jordan, he's last to come at the four of us. Go put our hand in the ground. I think we might be able to get Burrow a couple times during the game. Yeah, yeah. With that being said. You can't pick him off. Yeah. I. You can't pick him off. I mean, nobody's picked him off since week one against the Chargers, and they have like three pro bowlers. So. I, <laughs> I honestly think this is crazy. It's just. If, if you have any fantasy players from these two games. Put them in. Yeah. Put them in. Yeah. I, this is going to be Gardner Minshew versus Joe Burrow, like, the whole day. Like, defenses aren't even going to matter. I think the two quarterbacks, between rushing and passing, will combine for probably seven or eight touchdowns. Collectively, between the two of them. That's that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Um, Joe Mixon. Uh, I don't know if anyone wants to, like, call the police and get a search party going for him. I don't, I don't know where he is. He's listed as questionable. I'm just saying, like, he hasn't really performed this year. and I think he's been a little hurt. But they also, we just said they don't have an offensive line, man. And I like that, Matt. James Robinson about to, to tear tear them. Yeah, James Robinson's been great, man. You got, anybody that was able to pick him up off waiver wires for fantasy, he's been a stud. I think the, the Jaguars might be a little bit more balanced of an offense. But gosh, I, I've liked what I've seen out of Joe Burrow, and I, I think they get that first dub. And the Jaguars, after coming out and beating the Colts week one, really come back down to earth from their expectations and the surprise. I, I, I just 
I like I like the Bengals here, and it's really just because of the Joe Burrow hype. There's not really much on this team I like, but if you look at the wide receiving course for both teams, the quarterback play from both teams, I think this is gonna be this is gonna be fireworks. Right from Shefty here, uh, Bengals running back Joe Mixon added to the injury report Saturday with a chest injury, left him was questionable. Is expected to play versus Jacksonville today. So, Joe Burrow, Andrew, you got you got, <clears throat> and from now on, if if this hasn't got around. His name is Joe Tutty Burrow, okay? He's the Joe, Tutty, Joe Tutty, no picks, Burrow. Joe Tutty. The, du- the dude's thrown like 100 consecutive passes without a pick, and he's a rookie. I mean, that's unheard of. It's truly unheard of. This is his game to shine. Brian, yeah, Brian, fair, it is. It is his game to shine, but he's been shining all year. Yeah, Joe Burrow absolutely. Joe the right spot for the NFL. I but you're right, his game to shine to where he walks off with that game ball, maybe gets his first win. But he's, he's really developed with T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd just had a massive game. What's really scary is the only one that hasn't worked yet quite well is A.J. Green. Imagine if A.J. Green has a game today. And now he's got a repertoire with all three of these receivers. If they are able to keep A.J. Green and come out with their first two picks and take offensive linemen, maybe even somehow pick one up off free agency. I, team's real. They're on the up and up. Their trajectory's definitely forward. They lost two. They got a tie. I think now they win. Brad, do me a favor. Take Panthers and Cardinals away. <clears throat> okay. Um, so we got the Cardinals at the Panthers here. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey's still out. What do you guys think? You know, Jeff's not here right now, so I'll just go with, with you guys. If we're looking at the Cardinals-Panthers, what do you like? Teddy Bridgewater played really well. The running back who filled in for McCaffrey had a big day. Robbie Anderson wasn't – he was just a deep threat on the Jets. He's been phenomenal this year for the Panthers. I believe we talked about putting him on DraftKings here and there, <clears throat> and some of you guys took that and it actually worked. That was Jeff's call. The Cardinals, though, um, as you can see, I've got my black vapor DeAndre Hopkins jersey on. I've been high on them all year. I couldn't have been more wrong when I came to them last year. Or last year. Last game against the Lions. I do apologize for that. Very bad. Yes, Jordan, I believe Kyler Bounce is back as well. Panthers have a young defense. I, they're so young on defense, it's almost like Kyler Murray's just playing another college team that he was playing last year. Um. God, what can we – so everyone's on the same page here. Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. If you're in a survival pickums and you haven't used the Cardinals yet, use the Cardinals. Ross, my guy, I don't know if you're using the Cardinals in your survival pickums pick this week, but I don't think there's any way that they lose to the Panthers. Um, I mean, Cardinals by three, Cardinals by ten. I'm thinking Cardinals. Kyler bounces back. Is there – it, just playing devil, devil's advocate here, what would be the formula for the Panthers to even win this game? Like, they have to play perfect football, it seems. They cannot turn the ball over. That's the only way they win is by not turning the ball over. Could this be a breakout game for Isaiah Simmons? I mean, we talked about him all preseason, how he was this top 10 draft pick. Everyone thought the, the Panthers were going to take him. They take Derek Brown instead. Cardinals pick him up right afterwards. I just, you look top, 
Davis plays like CMC. Yeah, I don't think anybody can play like CMC. That's the problem, but you're exactly right. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, basically, end of the day, no one here, not me, not anyone here, how, how do the Panthers win this game? They don't turn the ball over. Teddy Bridgewater dinking dunks all day long to his three receivers that have been, I mean, truly, he's been great with those three. They missed Christian McCaffrey last week, but it didn't seem to matter. If Arizona turns the ball over like they did last week, it's going to be different. I, I could see the Panthers winning this game. Ultimately, I don't have the Panthers winning, just to be clear. But I could see them winning if Teddy yeah. Bridgewater is as is, is good as he's been. Everyone here is collectively Cardinals. I, it's just we're trying to play devil's advocate at this point because everything yeah. seems to be in favor of the Cardinals. Wide receiver group, Cardinals. Quarterback, yeah. Cardinals. Running back, eh, maybe Cardinals because of the name, but Panthers might still have the better running back. He played really well last week, too. And then on defense, I, I don't know. The the only way Panthers can win this game, they're not going to just straight up outplay everybody if the turnover is the same. It has to be a perfect game from the Panthers to have a chance. Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl safety, Buda Baker for Arizona is out. I uh I don't know. I here's the thing. Before the season started, before the yes. season started, before I seen anything, Panthers upset by Ross. Ross, nice thanks for joining the pod. I, I like the Panthers in this game. I just think it's this first off, this is a close game. Anybody that thinks it's fourteen plus, I think I read that a second ago. I, I can't. I I mean I, I can't go with I can't go with with Cardinals by two touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't turn the ball over. They've been great. So, you guys having a lagging issue? Hmm. Is okay. it just Matt or is anybody else having some connection problems here? As far as as far as me and Brad, I I'm not having an issue with him at all. So, okay, moving right along. The 0 and 3 Giants at the 2 and 1 Rams. I don't see why we need to take a ton of time on this game. Rams big. Easiest game to pick of the year. Yeah, Rams so really big. Yeah, I don't I don't see this game going. You want a score prediction? 21 plus. God, it's hard to pick anybody. So everyone's having a little bit of connection issues. Hmm. Um not really sure what I can do to fix it. Um I wish it would just stop to be honest with you. I don't really know how how to fix the connection here, but I'll yeah, just Facebook. keep going. But the the Rams the Rams are better in everything. Yeah. Rams by 17 at uh, 34, 34-10. I mean, it would be a, a prediction that I would have. There's a lot of lag. Has it gotten worse the longer the show goes? Or has it always been bad? Or, like, what's your guys' feedback on that? Maybe we can do yeah. something different next yeah. time. I don't see anything. We'll 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 read the comments here. Rams by seventeen, Jordan. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably fair. Go ahead and move on here to the three and O Bills at the two and one Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders coming off uh you know, a tough tough loss here to the to the Patriots. I think the Patriots were a better team. I don't think it's like a they got upset or anything like that, but where are you at on this game? Bills are looking great. They're in our both of our power fives this week. Um I know a lot of Bills fans have been have been chirping at us, but what do you think? 
Um, <clears throat> when it comes to this game, uh, first you start at quarterbacks. Josh Allen's the better quarterback here. Right Derek now. Derek Carr is far behind because I like Derek Carr. But everything the Raiders do on offense starts with the run game. And the Bills have a really good run defense. So that's a fun matchup to watch the front seven versus the running game of the Raiders. Um, looking at the defenses, though, I, I just don't know if the Raiders can stop the Bills enough times to, to, to keep it close for their offense. The only way the Raiders win this game, I believe, is if both teams score over 28 points and the Raiders just have the ball last. I just think the Bills are the more complete team. I, I'm not saying the Raiders don't have a chance, but if you're asking me to pick this game, I, I think the Bills win, and I think it's by 7 to 10 points. I just, I, I don't think the Raiders have enough on defense to stop the Bills. I think Josh Allen poses a, a, a just impossible question at times with how dynamic he is as a big, powerful runner and a passer so far in, this, in the league this year. Yeah, I, the Raiders are beat up, first off, on the offensive line. They're beat up at wide receiver. Uh, I think Henry Ruggs is going to play today, but Brian Edwards took a bit of a beat down last week. He was out for most of the game. I, I like the Bills to win this game relatively close, so I think the Raiders keep it close. Um, not super high scoring. I, I like the Bills 28-20. One, 28-21. Yeah, I'm just watching a little thing, little tidbit here. Um, Herbert and Joe Burrow have the uh, both have an opportunity today to become the first rookie to throw for 300 yards in three straight games. I think is what that just said. And they uh, they both play today, so that's a little fun nugget. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, when it comes to Bills Raiders, two really good teams, two high powered offenses. Um, but I, I like the Bills in this game. If any of you have the Raiders, feel free to let us know why. But I like the Bills. Yeah. Uh, this would be a good one, too. The 2-1 and one Colts travel to the 3-0 and oh Chicago Bears. I, I, I've been back and forth, but I'm taking Nick Foles. I was high on Nick Foles if he was going to start this year. Uh, I have no reason to believe he would be bad after that second half last week was just, wow. But truly, I mean, when you're practicing for one quarterback all week and then another one comes in, you could have a little bit of an upset there, but... I like I like the Bears here, especially in Chicago. I don't like Rivers in what could be considered a pretty cold game today. I don't have the weather in Chicago, but I, be, I bet you it's under 40 degrees, maybe under 50 degrees. I think what's kind of fun is in terms of old school football, we got two statues at quarterback. Like, is this not the most immobile quarterback matchup we've had in, in recent yeah. memory? Um, I do think the Bears – at home. But what I really think what we should watch out for with the Bears is the mentality of the team moving off of Mitch Trubisky. That feel of we've got a quarterback who can do it. I look for the Bears defense. If you have DraftKings or FanDuels, I know it's the Colts. It might be interesting. I really think the Bears have a just lights out defensive performance. I think Nick Foles only has to get to 17 or 20 to win this game. I I think Phillip Rivers will have a couple turnovers. Um, I'd like to see Jonathan Taylor do good, but that Bears D-line, even their their whole defense, I think we see a resurgence from the Bears. I really like the Bears in this game. The the Colts, they have a chance here, 
I know Tyreek Cohen's going for the Bears, but I think David Montgomery suits Nick Foles better, an actual pure runner to just hand the ball off to, not a gadget guy. I just, I've been big on the Bears all year. Uh, it's sketchy on how they won some of their games, but yeah. W's talking at the end of the day. We're looking at 3-0 and next to their name, and I think we'll be seeing 4-0 and like Brian says. Yeah, I like the Bears to win this too. I just looked up the weather. It's going to be 50 degrees dead on at kickoff. I don't think that suits Rivers personally. I, I like Nick Foles and the Bears. The Colts aren't going to have a lot of success running, as you stated. I could see maybe some screen game here with, with Jonathan Taylor, but I, I don't really have a score for this one, but I like the Bears. I like the Bears to win. Moving right along, uh, man, this game. The 0-2-1 Eagles at the 2-1 49ers. Oh, Both teams are beat up. Matt, one of the worst 3-0 teams you've ever seen. Is that because of who they've played, how they've played? Is that because of Trubisky? It's literally because of Trubisky. That's it. That's the only reason why. And he's not there anymore. They'll look like one of the better 4-0 teams after this week. Yeah, I like I like the Niners in this game. And simply because the Eagles are just as beat up as the Niners, and the Niners are coached better at this point. They're schemed better. They play better. They don't play like they're injured. Is that fair? They don't play like they're injured. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I just – I don't like to make excuses, and I poke fun at my Eagles fans' friends and stuff. But, like, my God, dude, the Eagles have nothing. They have nothing. Like Our boy Carson Colin. Wentz is, Carson Wentz has taken the brunt of it. But, like, they just put Jason Peters on IR today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, our boy Colin has always said, you know, he said last year, Carson Wentz plays with deck furniture, you know. He's back to playing with deck furniture. You know, I, I, as I've been reading the, the players out all day long, Alshon and Deshaun Jackson are both out today. They lost Jason Peters to IR, so he's out today. That's uh, on IR. Yeah, it's just, this team is just... Gosh. And another thing it's doing is I know a lot of people, you know, were talking to me about how they didn't think the 49ers are going to be who they were, you know, and everything. You know, they get injured and decimated, and everyone's like, they're still playing so good. It's like they played the Jets, then the Giants, and now the most injury-riddled team in the league in the Eagles. And it's like the 49ers had all these injuries, and then they're not even being tested. They're yeah. almost being glorified scrimmages for three straight weeks. But they have been in New York for two straight weeks. Now they get a chance to come home, play it, play at uh, their home stadium. You'd have to like the 49ers in this one simply because of the injury list for the Eagles. At any point, if the Eagles win a game in, in the foreseeable future, it would be an upset. Yeah, Mostert and Jimmy Grapple will both be out today too, but it just it just doesn't seem to matter. It, they're just they're still clicking. And again, they played two bad football teams, but the Eagles aren't are the Eagles far behind the Jets and Giants right now? I don't think I don't think they are. I I also want to say if the Eagles win and the Browns beat the Cowboys and the Ravens beat the Redskins, which are both very possible, the Eagles are number 1 in their division. The Eagles could lead the division with a win today. I just Put that into perspective for some people. Carson <laughs> Wentz, white picket fans. <laughs> I love it, Matt. I oh love it. Oh, my gosh. 
Prime at the little cigar and the do-rag. Gosh, gosh. You know. I have to go 49ers in this one, guys. Yeah, I'm going Niners, too. Moving right along to our Monday night football game, the 0-3 Falcons, who score a bazillion points a game, are traveling to Green Bay, 3-0, and Lambeau Field, Aaron Rodgers. Where are you at? Um, I, I like the Packers in this. You got to go Packers. But were you, I just, were you we, considering Atlanta just now? I hate how the Falcons have had a chance to win every game. Yeah, they won't in this one. They, and I get that. Like it's the Packers. I just, I don't know why I want the Falcons to win one game so bad. Like I want it for their players. Like I don't know if it's coaching or this mental block, but like Falcons are zero three. Oh, they're blowing these big leads. Yeah, but they're also getting those big leads too. Like what is going on over there that they're so bad late in games? I just, the, here's here's my biggest thing. The Falcons were always gonna, most of the time we're gonna favor the other team. Most of the time, we're not going to come and be like, oh, yeah, the Falcons are winning this game. No one can have that kind of confidence. But I truly believe the Falcons could upset any team in this league with how high-powered their offense is and Julio's crip walking into this game. So they they really are, they're not going to win. But it's just like, I don't know. The, the Falcons are a scary team. I would not want to play the Falcons. No matter how good my team was or how bad, I would not want to play the Falcons. But I, I have the Packers in this game. And I think Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's going to Aaron Rodgers. He's a bad man, as they say. And, Matt, we should make that a segment, man. You should take, like, one or two games that you're the most confident on and post that stuff in here every time. I know you've been on all these live shows, and that, that shit makes me laugh, dude. Matt, you always have some bold takes, and you've been right on a few. I would love it if, you know, like, weekly, throw your bold takes up on the Facebook page and let people just comment away on them. I mean, you calling the Lions last week was was crazy, but it looks great now. It, it looks so good now that me and me and Brad have been picking the Lions to beat the Saints today. So, Brad, thanks for joining. Uh, I, I mean, we've wrapped up all the for sure games. I guess we can kind of go in real quickly on what could be potentially an additional Monday night and or Tuesday game. Uh, as most of you that are listening to this, Cam Newton has tested positive with COVID. We're not going to really go into the COVID uh, science, but he's the only player from the Patriots that's got it. So they're going to play, but it sounds like it's either going to be Monday or Tuesday. The official time has not been said yet, but if Cam played, I I was close on this game. I thought the Chiefs were still going to win, but I thought New England could keep it close, ball control and how their defense matches up. I I don't even know who's starting at quarterback. I would assume it's Brian Hoyer based off of the depth chart this year, but it could definitely be Stidham. Regardless, Chiefs win. Yep, this is the Chiefs game. Um, there's no defense that can slow down the Chiefs. It's all about outscoring them. I think with Chris Jones, Frank, Frank Clark, and Tyron Matthew being such a versatile kind of player, I think they have a. I think they have the players needed to make it difficult for Cam. Uh, they're they're pretty good at stopping the run. Tyron Matthews is a pretty good spy kind of guy. Um, you definitely have to beat him with this arm. And when you say you'd have to beat him with the arm, that means you're expecting them to score more points than the Chiefs. And I don't know if there's ever a game where two teams play and you say you don't think the Chiefs are going to score more, more points like or put up points more consistently. Uh, the Chiefs are extremely good this year. Um, Ross, if you're still in here, my bet with you does not look really good on that, that $20. Um, we'll see what happens. Um but yeah, you get you got to take the Chiefs in this game either way. I think they're just too hot right now. Yeah. And yes, I saw that on the 
TV too. Like the Tennessee Titans can't get out of their own way right now. They just uh, keep popping up in more cases. The the one crazy thing I do want to point out, and in my opinion, it is beneficial to New England. It sucks because you're gonna probably you're you're most likely going to lose to Kansas City, barring great quarterback play. You're gonna lose to Kansas City. And you're gonna drop it two and two. The Bills are gonna move to what I believe will be four and zero. Oh. Best worst case scenario, they'll be three and one. Okay, so you're still a game behind Buffalo. You got that game coming up soon, but you don't have to show your Cam Newton hand to Kansas City. I like that because there's a good chance that New England's gonna make the playoffs this year. They've they've been good enough to be that way. You don't think they're making the playoffs? Oh, I was talking to my dad there. Oh. No. Should be in the playoffs. You have a gambling problem. Oh, <laughs> come on. Come over and play some poker. <laughs> but, you know, I uh, I just – I like the fact that they don't have to show their hand with Cam Newton. And, you know, a loss is going to be a loss here in September and or October now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this. It sucks, but it is what it is. And, you know, yeah. moving on. Uh, going to the Steelers-Titans, if any of you – don't still understand how this is going to work. This, I'll keep it quick with the Steelers and the Ravens. They were supposed to play week seven and then both go into a bye week eight. They're moving that game from week seven to week eight. This, the uh, <clears throat> Ravens bye will just move down to week seven when they should have played the Steelers. The Steelers, however, are going to play that week against the Titans which their bye week is now four along with the Steelers. So Steelers-Titans moves to week seven, and the Steelers-Ravens moves to week eight. Ravens' bye week moves from eight to seven. Steelers and Titans take their bye week now on week four. So the Steelers now have a long week leading up to the Eagles, who are about to play the 49ers. So it doesn't really get any easier for the Eagles. They have a decimated offensive line, and they're going to run into the best front seven in the league coming off of a bye week. So not looking good for Carson Wentz going forward, but that that's what COVID has done so far. And it seems like only the Titans have truly been affected by COVID as a team. Cam as well. Upset alert, Dolphins beat Seahawks. Jeff I, I actually, I said that. I, you know, I'm not willing to pick the Dolphins like you're picking right now, but they are an upset alert. I, I do think the Dolphins can beat the Seahawks. But for everybody, for everybody that's been on the back to like the, the COVID thing, everybody's like cancel the season. Or I, I was very much for postpone this week, just move all the games back one week. Okay, I think that would work for a lot of people. But it turns out New England has one positive player. They're just going to quarantine him. It just happens to be their star quarterback. Regardless, I want to point this out. In college football this year, that's been going on for a couple weeks now, about a month. There's already been thirty. I'm going to repeat that 30 college football games that have been postponed. The NFL isn't anywhere near that point. They will not be canceling this season. Just want everybody to realize that college football has postponed 30 games already and they haven't canceled. The NFL is a juggernaut. They're doing things the best that they possibly can. It is impossible to bubble a 53 man roster plus coaches and that's one team. You're not going to get the bubble system. It's not going to be perfect. You're going to have to reschedule games. You're going to have to quarantine players. Star players are going to probably get it. You know, Cam's the first notable player that's gotten it so far. But Pat Mahomes could be tomorrow. Lamar Jackson could be the next day. Ben Roethlisberger is not safe. Nobody's safe, essentially. So you never know. 
I like it, Brian, with or without Cam. You know, Jeff, that's possible. Uh, Stidham could come in and throw for 750 and eight tutties. Um, I do believe he has that capability. Um, we've seen it in the past with Jared Stidham, how his career in the NFL, he's two for four yeah. with a pick six and like four yards. So, I mean, as the statistics prove he's, he's ready for that kind of game, you know, throwing the whole length of the football field about eight, eight times. I think he's, I think he's good for it, especially with all the deep threats in new England. I think um, New England has the best deep threats in the NFL with all of their speedy wide receivers, like 80 year right, Shut up. Shut up. I'm not going to stand for this. <laughs> Gosh. I'm not going to stand for this. <laughs> no, New England is very limited with vertical threats. Their passing attack is very limited. But what they're not limited is, is defensive secondary. They match up very well with, this, with the Chiefs. And for yeah. everybody that thinks the Chiefs are just going to beat the brakes off them, newsflash. You know, the Chargers matched up great. Bill Belichick literally built his defense to go up against Pat Mahomes. That, that's The secondary is literally built to go up against Patrick Mahomes. Now, they might not score points today or tomorrow or whenever they play. There's a good chance they won't score points. But they're not just going to let Pat Mahomes go up and down the field. You, you, a lot of people forget. I pointed this out on the Real Talk Facebook page the other day, and you said snore, and you know I'm crying like a little baby. New England should be 3-0 and against the Kansas City Chiefs. With Pat Mahomes. They should be. And I'm not a ref guy. I don't call bad calls, but my lord. I mean, you're called out of bounds when you're not. I mean, there's green turf showing. I mean, there's lots of bad calls late in that game last year, and that was with a very limited Tom Brady. So if if Jared Sidham or Brian Hoyer, whoever comes in, is able to muster up 20 points, it won't be enough. But if they're able to muster up 24 to 27, there's a shot New England could win this game. I don't think they do because it's, it's hard to stop Patrick Mahomes, even with a defense that's aligned with him. What, how many points did he score on the, on the chargers in I overtime? Was, I think the final score was 23, 20. They just kicked yeah. a 50 yard field goal to win. Yeah. I'm sorry. But if, if you don't think new England could play that type of game, I'm, you're not watching enough Patriots secondary Russ torched them. Yeah. I, I look bad in saying this, but I don't think that's going to be every game. Cause it hasn't been so. Yeah, I just the only thing that sucks, you know, real bad about COVID is the four teams that are postponed from Sunday. The at best they could combine for twelve wins if they were all three and zero. These four teams combined for eleven wins. So we're losing three three and zero teams, a two and one team that's you know two yards away from being three and zero against another Seahawks team. Yeah, we're just we're losing four good teams, two really good matchups from our Sunday slate, but um. Regardless, football's on in three hours, and you know fantasy's still to go. DraftKings and FanDuel got to shuffle those lineups around, make it work, have some fun. But thank you all for uh, joining, whether it's uh, your second or third time with us or your first time coming out for the podcast. We love covering the games and going through everything with you guys. And it's been another good Sunday in the books. It's been a blast. Glad yeah. y'all could stop by. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us live on Real Talk. Here we're gonna do this every each and every Sunday until uh, death do us part. So. We're, we're back next week and unless the season's canceled, which like I said, it won't be. So thanks again for joining Brad. I'm out. Go pets. See you guys. Go Steelers. <laughs>